Last in Line Nation, welcome to another episode of encouragement, another episode that will equip you and empower you to be the best version of yourself. As you know, Last in Line Leadership is all about equipping, encouraging, and empowering people to identify and utilize their gifts for leadership and to provide practical tools for growth and purpose in your life. So settle into this episode, enjoy, and be ready to walk away different than you came in. Last in Line Nation, welcome to another episode of Growing in Transition for the month of May. And what a fitting month, being that there's a lot of young adults hitting that real world uh, scenario with graduation. We've got some transitions as adults. We face that every day. Uh, some are bigger than others, but I, I felt like growing through transition was was applicable right now this season. So I could not have asked for a better guest today. Um, what a remarkable story. What what a just a so many accomplishments and different things about our guest today. And I'm going to read this bio and I'm not even doing it half the justice it deserves. And there's so much more to add, but I'll let him go into some of that. But let me welcome Matt Crump who is a performance coach, certified empowerment life coach, business consultant. He's a published author of many books, uh, international speaker, and most recently international bestseller of a book called God's Got This, uh, social media content creator. Just the list goes on and on. And, and I'll, I'll let you know that you know, Matt left the U.S. Army uh, in 1992, serving in the Gulf War, um, completed his degree in theology and biblical counseling, and served in uh, pastoral ministry for 30 years, over 30 years. And, and just reading his bio, I'd like to say Matt's done the biggest three M's you can do, the military, the ministry, uh, and, and uh, you know, as I go through here, the last one, uh, we'll talk about and I'll reveal that third M when we get to it because it's part of his remarkable story. But he served, um, started several local businesses. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. You, you'll get that dynamic speaker, uh, owned several companies for 20 years, served and employed in his hometown there uh, where he lives, his community, always had a passion. And you'll see this as we talk to him passion for helping people, training people, equipping people, building leaders. Um, in, night, in, in 2011, Matt's life took a turn and was diagnosed with melanoma, which I add as the third M. So we've got military, ministry, and then melanoma, the three big ones, um, and went through surgeries and, and removed it. And then it kind of reared its ugly head again in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as it's stage four cancer, which, you know what, up the ante, you have broad shoulders, so they kind of up the ante, and you you kind of stepped up in the face of that as well. Um, Matt developed a coaching 
program called The Flip, which is an eight-step, 12-week program that helps people flip the script on life and live to their fullest potential. Man, I mean, this list goes on and on. He conducts several international and domestic speaking workshops, events for individuals, for businesses. We will let you know how to book him and get his resources. But before we do that, I want to dive in and I want to welcome formally Matt Crump to the show. Good grief. Who is this guy? <laughs> that sounds like that's too much. It's crazy. Oh, I got to take a hit of oxygen or something. I need a breathing <laughs> treatment after that one, man. That was awesome. No, me too. I'm like, man, I, I don't think I'm that good, but uh, thanks, John. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. What do you have to add to that though? So somebody maybe can connect with you. I mean, in light of the transition theme, maybe you could go into uh, a significant transition that you've had to undergo and, and what you faced and just let them get to know you a little bit more personal. Yeah. Um, I think it really, stepping back to when I was a kid, I was kind of a troubled kid and I felt like I was a, a square peg in a round hole. Didn't know how to express that or, or, or experience something different. I just felt blah, you know, I was a crazy little kid. And um, started smoking, doing stupid stuff by the time I was 10. By the time I was 13, I felt pretty upset. Walk upstairs to my room and I was frustrated, grabbed a plastic bag and some scotch tape, put the bag over my head, wrapped it up, and I was about to kill myself and commit suicide. And right before I uh, blacked out or was going to black out, I, uh, I ripped the bag off my head. I realized that um, I didn't want to die. I just didn't want to live the way I was living. Um, so fast forward a few more years, Life wasn't getting much better for me, got worse, got into drugs and alcohol and all kinds of, all the crazy life that goes with it. Uh, kind of run away from home by joining the military, which was ultimately God's plan for my life. Mm. Um, got more into drugs by the time I got in the military, realized that uh, I thought I'd kind of get away from it, but uh, you know, I found more drugs when I got to the army, which was crazy. And uh, just was the life of the party, man. So it was, uh, it was a crazy, crazy lifestyle. Um, one day, because I'm just such a people guy, I love people, love to hang out with people. There's this one guy in my unit that, um, that I was kind of curious about, but he was very distant from me. So at one point we got st stuck on duty out in the middle of the desert for a week alone together. Turns out, here I am, the life of the party, drug addict, alcoholic. He's the former drug dealer, drug, drug guy, now born-again Christian. I'm stuck with a Christian for a week in the middle of the desert, alone. That was fun. Um, one day, I wrote him a note, said, hey, man, I'm ready to do this thing. I don't know what this means. I don't get what it means. But if that's what I need to do, I'll, I'll do this whole Jesus thing. So he, he, he walked over to me, which was the late at night. We we're getting ready to go out on a mission the next morning. He walks over to my, my vehicle and he says, come on. I said, come on. He said, yeah, I mean, I'm a half asleep inside my home B, right? And he says, come on. Okay. So I come out, we go for a walk. We go up to the top of this mountain and bro, this is the, this is the night, right? We walk up to the top of this mountain. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in the desert in the middle of the night, but when there's no light pollution out in the middle of the desert and when there's no light pollution, there are like a billion stars in the sky. There was no clouds. It was just this black 
sky with a billion stars. We got to the top of this mountain and it was a full moon. And the moon was beaming right down to the area where we stood on the peak of this mountain with a flat spot. We stood there at the beam, grabbed hands, and he prayed with me and I gave my life to Christ. And I mean, I'm the guy that literally had a mountaintop experience with yeah. Christ. It's, it's crazy. Like you can't yeah. plan it any better. God's so good with that. And uh, that night I was instantly delivered of drug addiction, alcoholism, running around with girls, smoking cigarettes, two packs a day. I mean, all these kinds of things that happened in my life, gone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he gave me a new addiction at that point really was, was the Bible. I started reading the Bible like crazy. It's like, you know, he takes one thing, gives another thing. I didn't know the scripture back then, but it says that um, trust in the Lord, delight in him. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't really want the kind of life I was having. So because I was such an addictive personality, so addicted to things I was doing, it's like God said, all right, how about take this? I'll give you that. And I went nuts for the Bible, right? In the middle of that, I met a, met a gal uh, who um, I fell in love with, who uh, I really believe God sent to me. And we ended up getting married really quickly. And uh, actually this month, May 27th, will be our 32nd anniversary. I'm very oh, grateful man. that she's willing to have stuck around with this crazy man that long. During that time, it was just crazy, right? And then, that, as you mentioned, in 2011, uh, what was really interesting is I had a hernia operation that went bad, and I had to go to Duke for a referral because they needed to do a, a different type of surgery for me. And I had a big spot on my back that my wife had been pestering me about. The doc who was looking at me for the hernia said, we can't do this hernia operation until this is looked at right now. She was right. I was oh stage, stage two cancer at that point. Um, and as you mentioned, went through that process, surgery, different things follows up about a year. They said I was good to go. 2015 comes back, coughed up blood on the stage and um, realized that uh, some things happened. I didn't know what it was. That was bronchitis. A week of, of being monitored, found out that I had cancer again. But at that point, I was stage four already. Didn't even know I was stage four cancer. It started within, uh, within a couple of months. I was being medevac to Duke because I thought I was having some bad headaches or something. Turns out I had a bleeding brain tumor. Now it had traveled to my brain after I was already on therapies. I'm like, wow. Yeah, let's, let's bring it on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, So I had like 24, 48 hours to live if I didn't have the surgery. And uh, I ended up getting the best, best brain surgeon at Duke just happened to be there when I get brought in. And he just happened to be the guy that was studying the type of tumor that I had, because it was not that common of a, of a thing and uh, took care of it. And then um, I had this battle since 2015 until 2020, when I had my second brain surgery about a year ago in 2020. And um, after that second brain surgery was the first time I've had an all clear scan in my body. Wow. Um, 10, 10 years of a battle. And I go back in June for my next scan. Um, and I believe that God said, you know, by his stripes were healed. I mean, yeah. God paid a price for me. God never gave me cancer in the first place. He's not a child mm-hmm. abuser. Um, but there's some great things that I've been able to endure and learn and go through that I know why I've been enduring cancer. I, I, I've come to understanding with what God has done in my life as a result of it. So I, mm-hmm. I understand some of those things, talk about it. Yeah. And um, I had to resign from the church because I just had so much in my life. I was too fatigued, too weak couldn't maintain the work that I needed to do anymore. Mm. And that's when I stopped, started writing a book 
and the rest is history. Here we are yeah. now in my whole, my whole new life. So, yeah, well, so it's definitely, it's definitely blowing up and all for the glory of God because of what you've come through. And man, as we kind of peel back the layers of your journey, uh, it fits perfectly with our GROW, the grow in transition and the galvanized, the real in transition, the overcome and the win. So G-R-O-W, let's start with galvanize, you know, obviously not a, a word we wake up and try to work into a sentence every single day, but I think it's fitting because it does, it, it provides that kind of protection, that insulation to be galvanized spiritually in transition. Talk about what kind of allowed that in your life along some of those kind of heavy transitions. What, how did you stay galvanized? What were you um, I guess, what were some of the disciplines that you, you know, during that disruption of your life, how did you stay pretty solid? Yeah, great question. Um, well, it never stops. I'll tell you that. So I'm nowhere near um, uh, an expert that has arrived and now have that perfectly uh, balanced. If you tell everybody the secret sauce, and if you do this, this will never happen again. Yeah. Because uh, every time I think I've got something taken care of, the next next well next bit of crap comes along really is what right. happens right yeah um and you're either prepared for it and being prepared or you are not prepared for it and you need to endure something else right because there's a lot of character development that happens there so for me i mean honestly obviously it's been my relationship with christ that's uh, that's probably the top reason why i'm still on the planet uh, well it's not probably it is right but for, for my ability to connect with something it was him it was obviously the relationships that uh, he's given me in my life, different accountabilities that I have, people that speak into my life that have been there. Um, and then just from really trying to observe the things that have happened in my life and understanding why mm. and trying to learn from those experiences and applying those, those learned lessons to help me in the next battle. Because, um, I mean, it's literally my life i mean we all have problems i'm i'm no different than anybody else but for me my my thing is like i'm just i'm non-stop in a battle it's just yeah. i don't sound i try not to say that sound like i'm just some like the super guy i'm totally yeah. not but <clears throat> i just non-stop and it's it gets really really frustrating john it gets really frustrating uh there's a lot of times where i'm ready to give up there's a lot of times yeah. where i just feel like i can't do it anymore and <laughs> Obviously, I'm still here, which means um, I'm still here and I'm working on it, you know, uh, but um, it's it's this resolve to know and trust that that there is hope, that there is a purpose. And if you have that, that I guess it's like a fire. I mean, the word of God talks about yeah. that starts fire in our bones, right? Yeah. If there, If you can be connected to this fire, one thing I've learned is that that God is always, always speaking. And I, I always wondered what that meant. So for me to be galvanized is to understand he's always speaking. What's that mean? He's always speaking. He speaks through everything. Like he spoke through a bush that was burning. He yeah. spoke through a donkey, right? Well, he speaks through cancer. He speaks through broken relationships. He speaks through the best victories. Yeah. He speaks through uh, friends. He speaks through a TV show. He speaks through a song. Yeah. He speaks through the Bible, right? So, I mean, there's places where he's always speaking. And it's interesting to find out how to 
zero in on what those places are to find out what are you saying to me? Right, right. And, and, so for and you me, know, it's to, a quest to find out what he's saying, really. Absolutely. To, to, to and, and to interject right there, because I think we're in a pivotal part of that discussion is that you're, you know, obviously your transition was crazy because, you know, it was life or death and led to other things. But obviously, God's given you a voice to use that. And I think that's key for the audience is it to know is that a transition, I mean, as humans, we don't always like change, but transition can be used for good. The Bible talks about God uses things for good, right? For those who love him. And, and I believe, obviously, your story has impacted thousands of people. Um, and, and so to transition sort of and pivot in that conversation along those lines of galvanization and how we insulate ourselves. I mean, you and I would agree insulation doesn't mean we're bulletproof. It just creates another layer, right? It creates a buffer and kind of absorbs some impact at times. So right. I think, what would you say, and in, in the coaching you do, what is the thing that stands out to you that maybe is a common mistake people make during those moments of transition? Um and I think you alluded to it earlier when you say, you know, just kind of expect that to be a thing, right? The only constant is change in life. Um, but when they're faced with those situations, what do you see in the people you're coaching that may be a common mistake that's made? They don't believe. Um, and I'm not necessarily talking about believing in God because I, I, I deal with a lot of people that are not Christians mm. um, and people of other faith. And um, the one common thing that I'm finding that uh, God's put me in a different world since I left pastoring in a church and doing, you know, I still do ministry and nonprofit work. But my ministry now is, is people outside in the world. Mm -hmm. And I have found that I don't care what faith you are or no faith. I had talked to a lot of atheists too. Sure. Um, they stop believing. They stop believing that they can. They don't think it's possible. And when you, that's the funny thing, they stopped believing, but what they've really done is they started believing. Sure. Right? In something, they started right? believing they cannot. Right. And that's that whole thing. I think um, Jim Rohn might've been the one that said it. If you, it wasn't Jim Rohn, maybe it was Jim Rohn. You might remember if you, uh, if you believe yep. that you can't do it, then you get what you've got. Maybe it was yep. Mark Twain. I think it was Mark Twain actually. Right. But, uh, either way, it's true. If you believe you can't, then you got it. Sure. That's it. So I find a lot of times it's just that people stop believing. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard the say, yeah, I think you're right on there with the whole, if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. That's like, that's you know, either way. And so, uh, no, that's great, man. That's a great word from you. And and in the fact that you see a lot of that. And, and I would say, again, to reinforce, in transition, I think we're missing the, the boat, Um if we think we're doing it on our own, like I think if we think we're doing it in our own strength and it's all about us and we're trying to get through it on our own, like that, you know, you talk about different religions and different faiths. And I think that's what sort of galvanizes us as Christians is knowing that there's a God who loves us and is there and is empowering us. And he's, you know, his strength is better than our weakness. So man, so as true. we, John, I don't know yeah. about your whole audience, but um, you know, we are, I mean, obviously there's a lot of Christians that are listening. Yeah. So the reality is we are living in a post-Christian world. Mm. And today, people do not know who God is. I actually have met people that think Jesus Christ is a cuss word. They literally, literally 
don't even know that he was a guy. Okay. Don't even know it. I've talked to people who have no clue. Yeah. And some people are like, that's crazy, Matt. That can't be. No, it is. Yeah. How are we speaking? I got back to that whole speaking thing because God's always speaking. Mm-hmm. How are we speaking in this world we live in today? Yeah. How can people relate to us so they can see Christ in us? If we're so busy about trying to prove something yeah. to somebody instead yeah. of just yeah. being, right? So it's a, it's a big Well, deal. how, you know, how dare you provide such a great segue to our next topic? You know, you got a lot of nerve segueing perfectly into what I want to talk about next. So the grow, the G-R-O-W, right? The real. So real in transition to what you just said. We got, we've gotten, I don't know, I guess we've gotten numb to the fact that everybody's masquerading as somebody else, right? Everybody's afraid to really kind of peel back the layers and be authentic. So, I mean, during transition, how can that be impactful to really stay true to who you are, be real with other people, and just be that transparent authenticity, if you will? What Where's the value in that in transition? Yeah, that's really great, buddy, because I, I think that well, I think the words played out, uh, especially in the social world. Uh, I, I hear it all the time. And now some folks have actually grown numb to the words. Um, but what they haven't grown numb to is the action. So being authentic is is not a, a phrase or um, a paragraph that you've memorized or anything. It's, it's how you do things. Mm-hmm. And when people can see genuine authenticity in your life, mm-hmm. that it's it's generally meant to be like, this is, this is really who I am. And I, I don't have anything against you at all. Um, and you're okay to live the way you want. And now I'm not going to get too far down that street right now. However, I am okay to be who I want to be too. Um, now, a lot of folks that aren't Christians will say, live your own truth. Sure. Yeah, just live your own truth. And the universe will take care of everything. I've heard that a million times. Right. By being authentic, by living your life the way you should, honoring people, being respectful of others, being a loyal person, all the things we should be, it attracts people to find out why. Mm. And they're willing to listen mm-hmm. instead of somebody having to prove, I got to prove the Bible. I've got to get you saved. I've got to make this happen, make this happen. I can't do anything. I'm, I'm nothing. Only the Holy Spirit has that ability to do things. He's the one that convicts of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So right. all I have to do is what he's told me to do. That's what I'm trying to, to make yeah. happen, right? So that's really where it comes down to that R part. I think it's really yeah. just being, being that real person and not bashing somebody's head about it, but just yeah. be. Right. No, I hear you. And you're, you know, great example. I mean, God's a God of replenishment. And I think sometimes when we when we fake it through life, I think it's just out of fear. It's out of fear that we may... Yeah you know, maybe may exposed, uh, maybe found out, maybe we're a fraud and we don't want people, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is for people fill in the blanks, but I know that God replenishes the things that we feel void in. And it's I, I just, fraud, John, no, get it, get it right, buddy. It's yeah. imposter syndrome. There you go. There you go. I don't like the F word anyway. Um, but no, Hey, talk about maybe, maybe show us a little bit of an example of that and be transparent on something where you in your life felt like you had to have it all together for the sake of appearances. Like talk about that. Cause we got that. That's rampant in our society. It's rampant in our churches for crying out loud, but uh, talk about a time and maybe how you snapped out of that. Yeah. A time my whole life, 
Just um, once. Yeah, I was gonna say there's just one time with that. Yeah, yeah it's one time. It's just been the whole time. It's <laughs> it's snapping out. Of, I'm I'm being snapped. I'm being snapped. Okay. Um, Word of God says we're we're be, we're imperfect people being perfected by a perfect person, right? So that's a, the message kind of version. I love it. So I am not and never will be perfect. I will not be truly saved and made perfect until I'm freaking dead. Yep. I mean, when I get to go, Jesus, yep. I'm, I'm really, yep. finally, I'm, I'm here. I'm done with this life down here. Thank you, Jesus. I thought right. I did everything I could, right? <laughs> but uh, I don't mean it's so negative sounding, but, you know, it's that perfection. So yeah. um, I, have, I have come to different places in my life where I'm, I'm being perfected. And I have always had a need for acceptance in my life. That's why... I started smoking at 10. That's why I tried to commit suicide at 13. That's why I started doing drugs. That's why I was the life of the party. That's why I did this. That's why I did that. I wanted to be accepted. That's why I wanted my friend to be my friend um, that he wouldn't be because I wasn't a Christian, right? I mean, so um, it's there's been that need in my life and truly there's only one place to have that fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I cannot... I can't replace that with anything else. The more I try, the more I find I can't, I can't do that. So it's a, it's a process. And I would tell anybody, don't, don't allow the, the weight. This is, I'll tell you the title of my next book, which is horrible. I keep writing books. It's driving me crazy. I know. But this next book is called the weight of the weight, the W E I G H T of the W A I T. And when we have the weight of the weight in our process in our life, you, you're not, you're not crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. Uh, so it's a matter of being perfected. Nobody's perfect. So I'm learning step by step and I should be able to have learned something from one bad experience to go to the next one. That's where accountability comes in your life. Right. So I'm still flawed being perfected. Yeah. And that's what people I think get caught up, caught up on is that, I'm being perfected, but it's really not a destination until you move on to eternity. Right. So like it's progressive. Yeah. So let's just be happy with the little wins and the little victories, you know? So as, so let's migrate through here, you know, we're kind of building this four walls here of grow and transition and, you know, you're knocking it out of the park here. You're two for two, you're batting a thousand. So if we hit the O with overcome, uh, overcoming in transition like i know we've alluded to some of these things and and i know that you've overcome just uh insurmountable odds some seemingly um in your life with some of the health issues physical health um so talk about maybe an aha moment you had i mean there could be hundreds of them through that process of having cancer and recovery and you know just treatment but did you have maybe a defining moment in that process of getting treated and being in remission. And then those kinds of just what goes along with that. Talk about overcoming and transition. Yeah. I think the, the, the first thing that comes to my mind when you said that was a place that I wrestled with, with the battle with cancer. Um, why? I mean, I'll just be transparent enough. God, I have, I have given my entire life to you. I have, mm-hmm. I've given up everything. I've served as a pastor. I've made no money. 
I, you know, I've, I've been serving people my entire freaking life. Um, I give everything away that I've got pretty much. Um, and, and cancer, are you freaking serious? I mean, I did what? I mean, how's that possible? Right. I mean, you get back to the whole charismatic experience and say, no, we bind this and this, that, and the other, and, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. a curse from curse from the law. All the, okay. I get all that part. I'm just going to talk about Matt, the guy, right? Yeah. Let's just get away from all the other stuff and just say, that's me. I'm thinking, why this crap? So the one thing that he shared with me, which is my, my life scripture, the one I've always gone to is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken us except such as common to man, but God is faithful. will allow you to be tempted beyond your means. It will give you a means of escape, right? So the, what, what we have wrong in our theology, our, our, not our theology, our doctrines and our studies is a lot of people think this is the this is the reality of that that scripture. People say, you know, God will never give you more than you can handle. God, God will never give you more than you can handle. I've heard that more than a million times. I've heard it preached. I hear people say it all the time. It's meant to right. be comforting. Um, they believe God won't give more than here's the deal. If that's true, Jesus wasted his freaking time being ripped to shreds, tortured yeah. to death on a yeah. cross for me. Yeah, so yeah. here's the thing. I need him. I can't do this. I can't. And that's why I need him. And that scripture tells me that there's a process. First Corinthians 10, God never give you more than you can handle, right? So, okay, so that's not the real truth that he, he won't allow you to be overtaken. So if I'm in this process, one, I realize I'm in the process now. Okay, I've got cancer. Um, things are changing. I'm supposed to be dead now. They're gonna, they told me I'm going to die. Uh, I'm not dead. Okay. So that means I'm in this transition. So I must be somewhere. Well, I'm in the midst of it. So God's there for me in the midst of that stuff. So I learned during that process of time, my aha moment was Matt, you're right. I didn't give this to you. I didn't give you cancer. Um, you live in a fallen world, son, and bad things happen to everybody. Yep. But here's, here's what, here's why you've got it right now. Um, I trust you. I trust you to endure this, this process, this pain, because mm -hmm. I, I, my word is true. And, and yes, by, by my stripes, you're healed. And yes, you know, you will be cancer free. Um, however, there are people in the world that are going to need what you're going through because of the way you're going to be able to express it. Yeah. And I need you to endure that process until, until it's over. And it might suck, but I'm going to trust you to endure the process. Huh? Well, that kind of changed everything for me. Wow. And at that moment, I realized the mission that I was on, that now I'm, uh, although cancer has invaded my body, it's not from God. It is a process that I'm able to do. Paul, Paul died afflicted. He had a thorn in the flesh. Thank God the word of God never told us what that was because then people would have formulas about how to do that. Sure. But, yeah. uh, you know, it just said we, he did. So it's just there. It's reality. So do I. So did I. And I've had to learn how to use that. And, and it's been able to affect, not because of me, the, the process has been able to affect thousands and thousands of lives. Here I thought I was going to be a famous singer. I was going to yeah. be a famous author. I'm going to be a great renowned speaker. I'm going to be famous for cancer. I mean, cancer right. is what put me on the map. That's crazy. Right. Um, and as that result, God has given me so many opportunities to speak into people's lives. 
that um, I'm, I'm glad to have been able to be trusted by God to endure this process that he will rescue me from. Yeah. He is my rescuer. He is my resource, my source, my salvation, my healer. I believe yeah. it. Um, yeah. I will just endure the process until he says it's over. Yeah. And, and I want to interject on something you said just a second ago, because that was a great scripture. And I, I can't help but think that it's not a coincidence that God put just a few scriptures ahead of that, the scripture about we can take every thought captive as obedience to Christ. So Passed there's a reason it starts there. Right? Yes. Yeah. It start everything starts there in our mind. So we have the ability to take a thought and cast it down. And so, and, and then your scripture after that. So all of that fits together, man. And so what a great, I mean, that's an overcomer story. And I, I know there's probably countless you know, overcomer stories along that journey and along your 30 years of ministry, but uh, man, what a great, and, and I will, you know, just reinforce the fact that you are cancer free and will continue to be. So I think that's a, that's a huge testimony as a part of that, that conversation, but um, you know, leadership, we talk about servant leadership on this show, you know, we're talking about Mark 935, who he, who is last will be first and first will be last and servant of all. So, uh, we, you know, as we talk about leaders, so what mistake do leaders make when it comes to transition? And, um, I don't know, just in general, what, what can we do better as leaders or something we need to adjust in our leadership through transition? Yeah, um, that's a pretty easy answer for me. Could um, one understand what relationship means as a CEO, as an executive, as a general manager, a store manager? Uh, how, what does that relationship mean to be able to still lead effectively and expect people to do things? Like you can't, you can't lord over people because people won't serve a lord, not anymore. The feudal lord stuff is over. People want to believe in something and they can only believe in something when, when you give them something to believe in. And the relationship aspect is in line with the responsibility aspect. Like we all have to be accountable to certain things, yep. right? Parents, we have to understand what that means. Um, when we have that relationship part brought back into business, um, when it flows well, when people know it, when they, you're not just bringing donuts on Friday, because mm -hmm. you're trying to get them to do something good for next week and their treat was a donut. Mm -hmm. I mean, people see past that. Yeah. Um, so when they feel relationship, that's when everything changes. And, and to learn that sounds really crazy that a CEO or executive don't, don't know what it means to be a friend or whatever. Um, but here's the truth. They don't. Yep. And that's where the breakdown is. And when relationships brought back into that mix, those four things, that fourth thing comes back in watch what happens in our world watch yeah and i think if you do enough research you'll see that people leave organizations because two things i mean there's many but two things stand out to me uh are they they want to be heard and they want to be valued, valued and, and you know so what to your point relationships reinforce that and i think solidify people's buy-in to a team and commitment and accountability, like all those things, all those responsibilities. So perfect, man. I thought we should add something in there, a little nugget about leadership. Cause I know we got a lot of leaders on here that even husbands of families, like that applies to us as well. Like, I don't think relationship 
is limited to, it includes, but is not limited to just patting your kid on the back when they do something right. Like, I think there's more, you got to invest, you got to take that time intentionality of sitting down and saying, you know, what's going on. And so just, just engaging really. Um, so man, as we wrap this up on this talk about growing and transition, we're going to finish on a good note here and, and the win, the W so winning in transition, we resist transition because we don't like change. And I think because of the fear of possibility that we might fail or that we might be disappointed. What are our expectations? So let's talk about winning. I mean, we're designed to win. We're godly creatures. Like he created us. He doesn't, he's undefeated. Like we're wired to win. So as child of God, so what advice would you give to somebody uh, about, a winning mindset in transition, just a winning, just a confidence and know that, you know, that, you know, it may not be easy. There may be little defeats along the way, right? Not everything's great, smooth, uh, but talk about winning, give somebody something that they can count on for a win. Yeah. I would say when you, to be able to be that person, one, realize that you're not all that in a bag of chips. Yeah. Uh, it's not about you. It never will be. Um, so just get that out of your head. And when you do, you'll realize exactly what you just said. You were created with a purpose. The Bible says that we were, we were fearfully and mm-hmm. wonderfully made. I'm thinking about this, this, this being, God, the creator of the universe, who spoke a word, and we've got oceans and whales and mountains and crazy things that just blow our minds, right? Yeah. And, and he fearfully and wonderfully created john yeah just like you are right if that's the case then then the one who created you from from the end first and backed up to the beginning and said go he created you with great great purpose every one of us were created with an incredible purpose you have incredible value you were fearfully and wonderfully made by the guy who made the grand canyon I mean, you were fearfully one of us made by the guy who gave us rocket ships to go to, to Mars. I mean, this guy gave you everything. So realize that one, you didn't make it. He did. Two, he made it because he wants you to have it. Yeah. And he thinks that you, you're, you got it, right? You're not a Latin bag of chips, but he thinks you're all that in a bag of chips. So receive that. Be humble enough to say thanks for it. And then enjoy the victory. It's a gift. It's a gift. And in the midst, we get to experience some great things along the way. Just make sure you tell everybody where it came from. Exactly. No, perfect. No, that's a perfect foundation to that portion, to this win portion. So then let's one more step on this. What does a win look like? Like what is small or large? Give somebody an example along your, you know, let's just say this this last year in COVID and where we we felt like our record looked a little bleak as far as wins and losses, right? We felt like we were last place in the conference or the league or whatever. But let's talk about, I think there were some wins. So how can people, how do they filter that and really focus on some of those small ones and understand Let's look at the small victories. Let's count them. I mean, they count in this whole process. They count. So what is your gauge and what does it look like? Yeah, I think the, the win is, is the, the husband and wife, the, the man or woman 
that has struggled with their small business and given their sweat, blood and tears and their all their passion invested to this thing. And they lost all of it during COVID gone. That's a win. Yeah, here's the win. It created space for them now to live into the next big thing that's where they're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And it can be bigger and better than anything they've ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. Now you can sit in loss and stay there, or you can realize the opportunity that's been given to you mm-hmm. and, and find out where it's supposed to be. I've been able to see in my world in coaching and consulting and work with businesses primarily is people that have been able to roll up their sleeves and say, you know what? I, I still, I still can't stop. And they move into a place that is going to be way more productive than they were before. And they actually find out, like they say, I've had people say, I'm so glad I lost that business. I sometimes we're so consumed with the things we're doing. We can't see outside of it. And if it takes something like that horrible disease to shock us and, and move us into a different place, that's a win because now they're going to be able to experience something and make impact in people's lives like they never did before. So yeah. I think that's what a win looks like is to actually understand that things happen for a reason and, and you find out what that reason is yeah. and go and, for and it. A lot of, yeah. Believe. A lot of times, if, if I may, a lot of times, you know, those losses create margin in other areas that, that might be a little more, uh, I don't know, up the list of priorities, let's say. And to the example you gave of the husband and wife that lose a business, it's catastrophic in that moment. But what if that margin was created for them to get closer, right? To to get to know each other again and Absolutely. and to draw, draw closer spiritually, whatever it may be. Um, now, losing a loved one, you know, is a different story, but, but I still believe God uses that for good. So, uh, the gauge, because to my two-part question here is what is the gauge that you use to really assess wins and losses? And to me, it sounds like you're saying, you know, understand what matters, understand what's important, what's what's in that that plan that you know God is telling you, and then start marking those wins down and start writing them down, start visualizing, see them on paper, because then I think you magnify those, right? And then it gets contagious. And I think wins beget wins. You know what I mean? So, man, that's a great point. Um, well, I love Genesis the way 50, you... 20, John, is real quick. Yeah. The biggest thing to me is Genesis 50, 20 um, and, uh, and Exodus 14, 14. So in Genesis 50, 20, it says what evil or what the enemy, what the devil means for our destruction, God, God means for our good. How is that possible? How is cancer good? Oh, it's not. But what, what the enemy meant for destruction, he tried to, he's trying to kill Matt Crump, whatever. All right, how about this? Bam, how about stage four cancer now, buddy? You want to do that? You're going to be dead. All right? So God used it for, for the good. It's yeah. been able to, to help people's lives be transformed around the world. Yeah. Crazy, right? Satan's like, oh, crap. What did I yeah. do? Right? So that works. And the next thing is that when I talked about it, 1414, it's, it's, it's 1414. It says um, that the Lord himself that's capital l capital o capital r capital d if you study uh greek and and hebrew you find out what that really means but when it says that it's like let's just say the lord himself (laughs) yeah will will fight for you and then it says shut up it says that's the matt version it says just stay calm the lord himself will fight for you 
Yeah. You just stay calm. I, I don't have to fight this. Yeah. I don't have to fight cancer. There's certain things I've got to get through, yeah. but the Lord himself. So what, what the enemy means for our destruction, God means for our good. Know that the Lord himself, the one, the Grand Canyon guy, the rocket guy, the, 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 the Lord himself will fight for you. Yeah. Just stay calm. Let's go. That's a, Hey, that's a gavel dropping moment right there. So I see, I see class adjourning shortly. Uh, so with that one, man, we can't beat that. So talk about where we can find you talk about your new project um, with the show and the new book and, and that, and then uh, people are going to run out and, and find your resources. Yeah. I mean, really there's two easy places to find me. One is like at such a cheap shot, but right here, mattcrump.tv, right. You can find me at mattcrump.tv and pretty much everything about who I am and what I do is, is available there for you. Of course, my website you can't see behind me is God's got this love, which is around the ministry aspect of things that I do in my book. Uh, but mattcrump.tv is the, is the gateway to all of it. And then my, my social media playground is LinkedIn. Um, I live at LinkedIn every day. It's my office. And um, I am super easy to find there. And I've got hundreds and hundreds of videos and resources and uh, uh, free things for folks to be able to engage with to help their, their business, their lives, their careers, their families, all kinds of, it's all there. Yeah. Um, so those are the two easiest places to connect with me. Of course, the website, if you're interested in me as a speaker, as a coach or anything like that, then all that stuff is there. You just look, click on the thing and there you go. Here I am. So perfect. Golly, a lot going on, man. So uh, I can't thank you enough. I know your day is jam-packed, and so I appreciate you coming on. The audience absolutely is walking away better than how they came in, and uh, it's been an honor. Uh, audience, go get some resources. Go check it out, man. You can see him on social media. You can go to his website. It's a great website. Uh, there's tons of stuff for you to, to for you to wrap your arms around and just get better. And, and leaders, talk to your talk to your organizations and schedule Matt to come talk and come coach and, and get a hold of some of his programs. But audience, it's been a blessing to have you again. He's been Matt Crump. We've been last in line. Be well. Take care.